With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Cufflinks.com wants to thank all the first responders, people working at the shopping centers, people helping other people out as we all go through this corona crisis. We wish you well. We hope everyone stays safe. And when we get past this, we're going to go out. We're going to get together and we're going to look good. You can go to cufflinks.com right now. Use code DVR20. Get 20% off your order. No minimum. Also, May the 4th is coming up. Star Wars, baby. Use code STARWARS30 to get 30% off all Star Wars accessories. Also, Cinco de Mayo's coming up. Go on over to cufflinks.com and save. Star Wars 30 from April 29th to May the 5th. May the 4th be with you. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Westworld Theorycast. My name is Axel and my co-host is Ken. Today we'll be talking about Westworld Season 3, Episode 8. You can find out more about us at the DVR Podcast Network at DVRPodcast.com. The finale. We made it, Ken. How you doing, pal? I am doing good. It's been quite the journey. And as always, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, it has been quite the journey. Eight episodes. Uh, it was a long finale last night. I did not know it was going to be almost 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm excited to be here to talk to you about this. There's a lot to talk about. But I mean, not, not, not only was it a long episode, but you know, it was eventful. A lot happened. I have lots of feelings about it. Some, most of them are positive or at least positive ish. Um, But you know, there's, there's some things to talk about that aren't so positive as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, last night I had the opportunity to jump on a little YouTube chat with Justin and a bunch of other people. And then it continued on and Brett and Jenny came on. And so everyone go check out Justin's channel, Top Shelf Fandom. And of course, I'll be back on Wednesday with Justin, Jenny and Brett. And my initial reaction was I was more buoyed and excited and um, just I guess, into the post-credit scenes that I really was for most of the episode. I enjoyed where we ended. And I actually, actually, I should say, I I really kind of liked certain parts of the end and what kind of Dolores accomplished. But I felt the way to get there was a little stilted. Um, Some of it felt... Uh, just kind of stagey and um, not so believable. Some of the stuff with Caleb getting, you know, finally to insight 
the can you know the many boss fights with Dolores and Maeve, which we kind of saw last episode. Um, so I was a little let down. I felt uh, I'm not out on the show. I love this show. I've loved watching it this season. I've especially loved doing the podcast with you. But that's kind of my initial reaction there. Um, I agree with practically like I agree with everything you've said. If anything, I feel more so of the things that you just said. Um, I feel like emotionally actually, you know what, what's weird. And I, I think you're going to get this correlation. It felt a little bit like the final season of loss to me in the sense that, um, emotionally I felt very, um, gratified. Um, especially Evan Rachel Wood's performance. Um, I've never been brought to tears by a Westworld episode ever. Um, I, I teared up last night, uh, especially um, in the final Maeve um, Dolores scene, um, Caleb scene, um, like the last maybe 10 or 15 minutes, I got really emotional, mainly by Evan Rachel Wood's performance. Cause she had such conviction um, that regardless of plot or narrative, her, the power of her performance brought me to tears. So emotionally I felt kind of gratified by last night's performance, but uh, especially um, where Maeve was coming from, where Dolores was coming from, where Caleb was coming from, the things that they were emotionally experiencing as characters. Narratively, I felt really frustrated by last night's episode. It felt rushed. It felt convenient. It felt um, in a really distracted way. Like, the way that Caleb got to Insight is just one example of how I felt frustrated narratively by last night's episode. And even the post credit scenes, which we'll talk about, I felt frustrated by particularly the man in black post credit scene um, by Williams post credit scene. Um, and I felt more hopeful by the, by the Bernard post credit scene. Mm. Um, that one felt more evocative to me only because it seemed like a lot of time had passed because of the amount of dust that had collected on his robot body. Um, and we don't know how much time had passed enough time for the room to be covered in really, really thick dust. Yeah. Um, and that was very provocative to me. Um, and it made me want to find out what happened? Like how long has he been sitting in that hotel room? And like, is Stubbs still in, in the tub? Like what's going on? What happened to Stubbs? Um, so actually everything with a man in black and Charlotte and Dubai pissed me off. Actually. Um, uh, I felt like if you're going to make Charlotte the big bad, which I guess that's what I'm supposed to take by that final end credit scene and, 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 and the other Charlotte stuff that had happened earlier in the episode between the hologram Charlotte and Dolores. Um, if Charlotte's the big bad of the entire story, then I needed much more groundwork to be laid this season that that's where we were headed. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's an interesting point. Um, I guess that that one kind of washed over me. It was it was a lot. I mean, there was a lot, like you said. <laughs> like a yeah, lot, a lot of things just kind of happened. Yeah. Um, but oh, go 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 on with what you were saying about Charlotte. Yeah. I, well, I don't know if I had more of a point about that than than what I've already said, which is that if she's going to be the big bad, then I needed a lot more time and like narrative time to be invested into that. Um, because certainly Tessa Thompson is a sort of actress where I can buy the transition from, um, from Hale to, um, to, to, uh, Dolores Chaloris to, big to big bad of the story like tessa thompson is a sort of actress who i can she can make that transition i just don't feel like enough time was put into the actual show where because she died because dolores infected her consciousness into a robot version of hale's body and then because hale saw her own family die in a car crash all of that supposedly led to her wanting to destroy humanity and turn against dolores like i i don't like those dots were not connected for me Mm -hmm. the other thing that pissed me off about that end credit scene is the way that william died um it happened so fast um and and I don't mind that he died. Obviously, we've seen the end of his life, the end of his storyline, because of the end credit scene from season two. Um, but it just seems so fast. It seems so out of the blue. And and it seems so casual for such a major character to have his throat slashed like that. Um, so, yeah, I was frustrated. I was frustrated by his death. And I was frustrated by... Um, Chaloris being revealed to be presumably the big bad of the story. Um, both of those things seemed rushed in a way that left me um, really unsatisfied in a way. I, that's interesting. I felt, I felt that I can see where you're coming from, but I kind of felt that they did a pretty decent job for me of building up and what we had been talking about for most of the season that Dolores had not accounted for this new Charlotte Hale, Shaloris becoming her own person. And that perhaps that scene we saw when she killed the pedophile dude was an indication that somehow the Hale part and the Wyatt part really kind of melded together more then the the part of Dolores that was over to able to overwhelm Wyatt kind of during season two yeah. and come to a better place, she was set back. And this time it worked the other way and it turned more towards Wyatt. But I can see what you're saying in that when you balance it against eliminating maybe a couple of the fights, maybe put maybe – when Charlotte kind of rose up maybe two episodes ago, Sorak takes a little bit of a back seat and she, and we begin to see her rise more. It was yeah. a little awkward. 
Um, and I can see what you're saying about William. Definitely. I mean, I guess I liked it because it was definitive and okay. They killed him. I th- we think, I mean, then again, we have seen them grab someone really quickly and use that device and heal them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's been done before. So it's possible that he's, his, he's still human alive, but then you also, I kind of think like if they go that way, then it's how many times you're going to do this. Yeah. You know, so you killed it. It was pretty quick. And there was an article that came out a couple weeks ago. Maybe it was even last week with Ed Harris that he seemed a little disgruntled about the way it had gone with his character this season a little bit more than the average show. Like sometimes the actors on these shows just give a quote where I don't even know what's going on, you know? Um, so maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. But I get the, I got the reason why I let that go is because of the Bernard scene. If that was the stinger and that was it, we just saw that. I think I would have concentrated on that more. (coughs) Excuse me. But the fact that the Bernard scene seemed to then jump way past that scene. Yeah. Made me think, okay, we're going to see. Uh, not we might end up seeing not only what happens to Bernard in the Valley beyond, um, but a little bit more of what the heck Charlotte has been doing all that time too, which maybe will fill in the gaps of that quick scene right there. But um, I can see where you're coming from. Well, we're obviously going to see multiple timelines in season and we should formally announce here, at least on, 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 in in our podcast that because i don't think we did it last week that uh hbo has officially picked up westworld for season four actually i think i think we did talk about it last week but um so obviously there's going to be a season four i think there's going to be multiple obviously going to be multiple timelines next season um just based on what you just said like um we're obvious i mean we have to see bernard in the sublime we have to find out what happened with uh Chalores uh-huh. in in the interim time because Caleb's involved too with Maeve. So um like so we have to find out what the three of them have been up to while Bernard was in the sublime collecting dust. Um we have to find out what happened to Stubbs. Um so um it seemed like there's at least two timelines there and potentially there's more timelines depending on how they handle it. Um, so no, I'm not, um, I'm not unhappy with where that man in black Chaloris stinger will go in season four. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see where Chaloris and, um, robot man in black, as her like henchmen, like where they go. Like, I'm really interested to see where that goes in season four. I just don't, I I was frustrated by where it ended up for them and how quickly it ended up there. I totally agree with you that they laid a lot of groundwork for, for what happened. Um, particularly with Hale slash Dolores. Um, 
and Tessa Thompson was great in kind of her bottle episode that focused on her like four episodes ago. Yeah. That was a that was a great episode. I wish maybe there'd been another episode like that afterward. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one more Hale centric episode would have gotten me there. Um, and you know so. maybe I I I I I think when you look back, one of the things that I'm kind of sensing about this season for me is and I talked a little bit about this last night is you know they have tried each season to do something new and yeah. to create a kind of a puzzle and one of the things that they did say coming into this season was that this was going to be a bit more straightforward a bit more action they were able to retain I felt in the first part of the season the promise of the type of aha puzzle-like payoffs that we got in the past. Yeah. But I think that what they were able to accomplish more so this season than perhaps last season where some of the motivations you were kind of like, huh? And I, I just, uh, some people, even though I did really enjoy last season, they got you more emotionally this season. The scene with Bernard and his wife, I thought was terrific. Oh and my I God, thought so good. it was so meaningful to his character and his journey and what yeah. she said. To, it was just really beautiful. Um, yes. And the scene with Maeve and Dolores at the end, overlooking the hill back in their kind of West world, I thought was, uh, was really beautiful as well. They were uh, Caleb's anger. You could feel it, the manipulation. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool that um, Dolores knew Caleb, that he had actually been to Westworld at Park 5. Yeah. Super cool. But it wasn't as, wow. So I just, I don't think, like you said about Lost Season 6, even though we love it and we love Lost, it's true in some ways that it didn't totally work for everyone. Yeah. And I just don't think that this totally worked for me. I don't think it's bad. I don't think they messed up or, you know, yeah. jumped the shark. I just think that the balance that they were trying to achieve was not achieved. Um, but I look forward to what comes next. And there, there is a lot like you, you were naming the people. We still don't know. We didn't see Clementine and Hanru. Right. Um, we don't know what happened to Martin's Pearl. We don't know what happened to Musashi's Pearl. We don't know what Lawrence was up to the entire season and what he does while Bernard is, who I guess was the fifth Pearl, Lawrence, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know anything. We don't know about what was going on in Berlin still, right? Yeah, yeah. There, there's all the body, the all the um, hosts that. Charlotte seems to be making at that Delos lab, but there right. was also all the host fluid that Musashi was doing something with yeah. Dolores always just like Ford. She has to have a plan that extends past her death. It's not right. because she knows there has to be, I would think she knew that Charlotte would become this enemy. Yeah. Maybe that is even part of what we're missing is that in the same way when she cut, I mean, I guess she kind of lied at the end of season two, when she told Bernard, I created you to oppose me. <laughs> right? Like, that yeah. Never really happened. Uh, in actuality, he became a messenger boy for her the entire season up until the end. But maybe that's what Charlotte is. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
And I feel like I want to even more clarify, like, I enjoyed last night's episode. Any episode of television that can make me cry and make me emotional enough to cry is a good episode of television from my point of view, um, especially for an, um, a series where uh, – especially for a series that has never made me cry before. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I'd rather it be this way than the other way. Like, I'd rather it be this way for me to be emotionally invested yet narratively frustrated than to be narratively satisfied and emotionally cold. Like, that would have been a worse experience for me, mm-hmm. where if everything had narratively made sense, but I didn't care and I wasn't emotionally involved in the story, then that would have been a worse experience for yeah. me. Um, and that's so a testament I, it, in many ways to the acting too, right? Like the yes. production, the acting that yes. did not disappoint a little bit of the mob scenes I felt were a little stagey, but they yes. were, I think they were supposed to be because they were all hired people from Dolores, right? Like right. that's what they, you know, she was manipulating all of this and a lot, maybe events, a lot of the events throughout the whole season. We know we were right about Caleb, that that was on purpose, that yeah. he was brought there because she that's right. So um, that might have been, but I, I yeah, I, I still think that the acting brought it and the emotions, they were pretty strong for me, for you. I think it was the end part for me. It was the Bernard stuff with his wife, yeah. um, but they were still able to achieve that. It just all didn't kind of uh, gel together. Like I felt last season and the first season did. Well, the other thing that we haven't mentioned at all yet is um, I felt that, I mean, the perfect microcosm of, of how I felt about the episode was Vin- was Vincent Cassell's performance last night as Ciroc. Um, I First of all, he's a great actor. He did a great job with the material they gave him last night. But it for me, it sort of... Um, was indicative of how I felt about the entire episode, which in that um, it was fast. Um, at least the plotting for his character yeah. went really quickly last mm-hmm. night. And I wasn't quite able to connect all of the dots, but where his character ended up kind of the pathetic way his character ended up and how Vincent Cassell played the, those moments um, and how Ciroc ended up being this scared, pathetic guy who was stuck in his own loop and his loop had to do with his brother, his obsession with his brother, his obsession with fixing his brother and how, um, and how that had kind of destroyed him really. And the way that Vince, Vincent Cassell played that, particularly in the final moments, um, I thought was very affecting um, but narratively I was like, what? <laughs> like yeah. what? He became, uh, he turned heel. I mean, he was already the heel, but he turned to, uh, who's the, who, oh man, I lost the joke and I was thinking of it in my head. The, the guy from Austin powers, um, you know, Mike Myers, like Dr. Evil, he yeah, turned yeah, kind yeah. of Dr. Evilish there where it was like, he's, He's just in that front of that monitor bank, right? 
telling guys to do things like even when he was like kill Caleb and they'd just take him over like five feet away and just kind of stand there. Yeah. And then he's like, do the, you know, it became a little bit, um, like you're saying it was so quick, uh, but you're right when he was actually lying on the floor. Yes. Yeah. He was like looking up at her and then you, she was looking down at him and you realize like, um, that he was this pathetic guy. And, you know, I had thought that he went inside the computer, but really the computer went inside him, but that was satisfying to me. And it was satisfying to me because the thing that had bothered me the whole season, and I said it on the show many times is that if he's doing all these things, he becomes an outlier. So he had to meld with the system in order for it to not control him. He must've got to a certain point where he realized that in, in order to affect the change they needed to affect, he needed to basically become that neutral thing, right? I'm not on the internet, right? No one could find out who he was because he became part of the computer. And I wish that they had taken that a step further yeah, And it wasn't just a little ear piece thing. I wish he had like kind of pulled back his head and there had been like maybe some kind of Delos tech, you know, like, a, like he was becoming a host almost. Interesting. Yeah. 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 They, I, I felt that was a missed opportunity. I just felt like you're saying narratively, his character turned out to be kind of like a want, 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 right? Like right. if the damn kids hadn't a, he just right. wasn't really, he's no Ford. He was no man in black, you know, just, and he's a great actor, like you said. And he's a good, because he's good at playing squirrely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where you kind of don't trust her. Like, so I w- almost wish they had leaned into that earlier. But like when I think back of him slamming the guy's head down and then for some reason he just tells them to take Caleb some of it was just a little bit off to me and I was, I don't think we're going to be seeing him again. No. And I don't even think we'll be seeing Rehoboam again. Um, because obviously Rehoboam, Caleb had Rehoboam shut itself down and erase um, itself. Yeah. And, and erase itself. Right. So shut itself down permanently, mm-hmm. shut itself down. Um, but Solomon so- might still be alive. Or right. functional. True. Um, so so I guess that was the other thing is um, if Rehoboam had continued to be the, the big bad and uh, for season four and Ciroc's storyline ended at the end of season three, I guess that's where I thought we were heading mm. or that's where I would have thought we were heading. Like maybe Rehoboam was going to sacrifice Ciroc, but then live on to fight another day and continue yeah. to be the big bad of season four and mm. the big bad of humanity. But the fact that they ended both of their storylines at the end of it was like ultimately interesting, but just the way they got there seemed really like head scratching. Yeah. I, I think it also kind of failed to connect in a greater sense, even though from, uh, uh, an expositional way they would say 
we got the data, you know, we got the data for Rehoboam from Westworld. And then there seemed to be an interchange. We never got that thing of like, Ciroc, you know, Ciroc's brother and Arnold were pals or they're doing, they really melded more and made more of a connection to the point that we could have seen that Rehoboam maybe had something to do with season one and two, which I guess it did, but it, it was almost auxiliary. Yeah. Whereas when other, other things that we have found out in seasons about say Arnold or Ford, or even the kind of reveal that Dolores was the first host that worked, we kind of knew that already. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, we saw it and also Arnold said it, but for her to say it and say, you're all based off me was a neat, I thought that was kind of neat. I wish that Rehoboam and insight could have been more, it just seemed, it almost seemed like he was a big bad for the season. Yeah. And that's not what I have come to expect from Westworld. I've yes. come to expect just a re greater reveal of the story that was already there, not like who's the bad guy next season. Well, and the other thing is if 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 the intention was to introduce Sirak and Rehoboam, flesh it out, but ultimately use both quote unquote characters as a vehicle to turn Chaloris into the ah, ultimate big bad. That. Yeah then then that's cool too like i like that and that seems like where we're going but but once again like there was some groundwork that needed to be laid further groundwork that needed to be laid if that was what the intention was which that's how it looks like that's what the intention was that Sirak and rehoboam were always supposed to be red herrings in a way because their real intention was to serve as a way for Chaloris to make a turn. Yeah, that would have been, that's a, that's great thinking, Ken. Taking a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. And we're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Yeah. And, I, and you know what, though? The more I think about it and the more you're talking, they can retcon this a bit, you know? And yeah. and that's the time not only from when William leaves that hotel where everyone seems to be rioting till he gets to Dubai where it seems to be a bit calmer, right? It seems yeah. like maybe regular business is kind of being held. Uh, we don't know that. And then the time between him dying and then Bernard waking up. They have yeah. some time. We also don't know again what Charlotte was up to during the last couple episodes. Right. 
and what or the last episode and what that could mean towards Dolores's greater plan. Cause as she kept on saying to her, I know your plan, you know, and she said, I have, I'm making changes to it. So they could perhaps do that, but I do agree that the eventual reveal of Serac being a puppet for this computer the whole time, it made sense it wasn't that, you know, they did, yeah. if you remember earlier, I believe it was actually in the second episode when we first saw Maeve, she repeat, she says what he's going to say before he says it when they're outside in that garden. Yeah. Yes. And, but then she says, well, I can do that because you're human and humans are stupid. Right. But it wasn't, it was because she was hearing Rehoboam. Yes. Um, I, you know, that, that was kind of cool, but it was, it didn't really, I don't know how much it strengthened his character, his character. I guess we really got the biggest reveals about him earlier, which was about his brother and all the bodies, which we still don't know what happened to the out that I guess. Char, I guess Maeve and Dolores just basically turned off and needed new bodies, like short circuited. Yeah. Um, and it's, or, and Solomon was just inactive. It didn't say deleted or anything. It just said like inactive, I think. Yeah. So we don't know what happened to all those outlier bodies. And, you know, we had had different ideas about connections that could have been made. It just did seem like they left some, not that what we said or our theories have to be right, because that's just fun to talk about it, but it does seem like they could, there were strands that they could have connected that they almost said like, eh, let's not do like last season where everything became so confusing. Let's just leave things to be imagined thematically uh, along yeah. with everything else, which is a little disappointing to me. It is to me as well, because I mean, the entire first two seasons, season, season one to a certain extent, but then season two to a greater extent, if you're going to play around with time and if you're going to be a show where one of the cornerstones of the show is that you play around with time, then you have to give yourself the time to play around with time. Um, so, and maybe I'm missing those two episodes that we didn't get this season. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm missing those two extra hours for them to play around with time. Um, so, because season one and two were both 10 episodes, this was eight episode. Maybe one of the things is I'm just missing that extra storytelling juice. Yeah, um, I think that might be true. And I, I, I don't, from what I understand, that was just a decision that they made. There was no, it, this, this wasn't cut short by coronavirus that I, right. I don't believe. I mean, because they said this was going to be eight episodes a couple months ago. Yeah. So, um, or even longer than that, actually, before, before it premiered, I should say, a couple months before it premiered. Um, and 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 you and I may never know this, and no one may ever know this, because I mean, very few people are in the writers' room. But it also felt a little bit to me like season three of Veronica Mars versus season two of Veronica Mars. Yeah, yeah. Where maybe maybe they owe they 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 too much overcompensated for some of the criticism that they got from season two, and just like um, Rob Rob. Um, uh, Thomas, 
yeah, Rob Thomas may be overcompensated for season three because of the feedback that he got from season two of his show. Yeah, I think that could be true. And you know what? That's part of the game, right? Like we have to be in talking about these shows, we have to be honest about production and the things that uh, the pressures that are on the creators. And that's why I say no slight against the acting, the, the, uh, the sets, the costumes have been great. And this episode, the three or four fights and every, they looked cool. That was good stuff. Um, but it just felt a bit hollow. I could have taken, I didn't need any fight between Dolores and Maeve this episode. Actually, we already had, they fought twice. Kind of the last episode It was one big fight, but it was really like two separate scenes. Yeah. So I kind of had, I would have liked another, I would have liked to check in on Charlotte. Um, I would have liked a a deeper dive into something else or maybe a little bit more of an understanding of what Bernard was sent into um, the Valley Beyond, the the Sublime, why he was sent there. Is that still part of Dolores' plan? Because she said that what her – when she finally kind of – and this is one thing I have to mention too – is they fought so many times. I had I had said last episode, why doesn't at some point they just stop to- fighting for a second and talk, which they finally did after the fourth fight. Yeah. And Dolores basically says, well, hey, listen, the whole time, I don't want to kill humanity. I want to give it free will. I want to give us all free will. And what I also want to do is I want to bring back all the people from the valley beyond to this place too i want them to reunite with us here in the real world with our i wanted to make this place safe for them yeah why the fuck didn't she say that to mave was she afraid mave was gonna say it to uh to rock yeah 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 no that did yeah that didn't bother me at all not even a little bit because um because her plan was to get connected to rehoboam so that she could right. infect it from within and give Caleb the opportunity to get control. None of that would have happened if she had told the maid the truth from the very beginning. Because she, because Sirak had taken Maeve's pearl and Dolores knew that. And so uh, she could not trust that Maeve with that information until the very okay, end. I accept that. I accept yeah. that. I, I do yeah. accept that, Ken. I do. And I'm, I, I, because that does make total sense. Yeah. Um, I wish maybe we, Dolores, is, I, maybe there could have been a little bit more dialogue of Dolores just saying, I can't tell you because I don't trust you or, you know, like, right. or, right. or just, I mean, I guess she did. I'll have, I, I have decided one thing which is <coughs> that I'm going to cough. No, which is that um, <laughs> I am going to go back since we're all in quarantine. It's only eight episodes and I'm going to rewatch this pretty soon. I don't know, maybe within the next month or two, yeah. um, maybe we'll even join back and do a pod. Um, yeah. And I, w- because I do think, and I've been saying the whole time, I think this will serve better streamed like that and binged. Um, so I'm going to go back and maybe I'll pick up more on that 
when I'm watching the fights and listening more intent, I'll listen more intently to what they're saying, uh, straight through, but I do buy that. And I, I guess I like that reveal, but I also felt that that reveal, which is okay, this had all been Dolores's plan. She not, you were right. She not only needed to get hooked up to the machine, but she needed Maeve to be there. She needed yeah. also Caleb to be there. She yeah. needed Sorok. She actually needed all those people to be in that room, very Ford-like, yeah. so this could take place. I like that, but I don't feel like they showed us that enough, right? There wasn't as I would have liked if Maeve had said something a little bit more of even just told the audience that if you're going to kind of piecemeal us like they have been, let us let the pieces fall together. And I, I don't know, maybe I was just off in my viewings, but I didn't feel like that was such an aha moment. It was more like, um, okay, so now what? Yeah. Because um, she'd been telling Caleb he's going to be the leader and all this. And that's another question I had is, I don't mean to ask a question with a question. I'll, I'll let you respond to the first part first. Um, well, I had issues with it too, but sort of different issues. Um, I, I felt like, um, like, like I, I thought it was sort of beautiful. Like that's the only word that comes to my mind right now. I thought it was beautiful the kind of the the way it unfolded for Maeve and Dolores last night. Um, uh, but in order to get to that point, you still had to have eight episodes or seven episodes of quote unquote dumbing down Maeve in order to get to that point. Because like, and, and you were just talking about it. Like okay. why didn't I, I wh- like wh- that? I, I see what like, you're saying. Like, why didn't Maeve ask more questions? Yeah. Why did she, why did she trust a man who had a kill switch on her? Like, why did he, she trust what he was saying about Dolores's plan? Why didn't she want to get Dolores's side of the story? Like, so you have to dumb down Maeve to a certain extent in order to make that storyline work. And the, there's lots of things about Maeve's character, but one of them is that she's not dumb. No, she's, she's a, the smartest one. Yeah, and she's a, she's a specific kind of smart. She's a kind of smart who can read people and who can sum people up because of her work as as a madam and um uh, you know the runner of a bar and a brothel. You you have the ability to sum people up very quickly. Um and it, that was always part of her character is that she was clever. She was smart. She was intuitive. So this season, and you and I've talked about this in past episodes, like I kept hoping that there was going to be like a Kaiser Soze usual suspects reveal that would explain why Maeve was being so quote unquote dumb all season. Well, we really didn't get that. Like that didn't happen. Right. There was no Kaiser Soze reveal. Um, yeah. There like, was a moment where, after she's kind of turned side and we just flashed to her knifing the guy, which I love that. That was cool. That like her body was reacting before she even kind of came back into it. 
Yeah. It was so quick. I, I think that's super. I love when they do stuff like that with the hosts um, where she says like, I was so single minded. And even when she says, you know, I'll be with my daughter someday. I like that. That made me happy because that made yeah. me think, okay, good. Next season is not going to be Maeve in the wasteland looking for her daughter, you know, like, yeah. okay, good. She trusts that she under, she has changed. So I was happy. You're right. I had put it on Dolores and you're coming from it from team Maeve, which we both are. Yeah. And I was the end result left me happier. So it resolved that, but you're absolutely correct. She, her, her motivations this season were singular to the point of it was, you're right. It was really, the impetus was on her to say to Dolores, Hey, what's going on? Because now we know that Dolores was hiding this from her because she had to enact this certain plan yeah. uh, and come out this way, similar to how Reboam, right? Like, Dolores yeah. was the Reboam to all our characters. She was nudging them like chess pieces the entire time. Uh, and Maeve was one of them. Um, like, e like, like even in last week's episode during the fight, the writers never gave Maeve a moment where she was like, Hey, listen, Dolores, I don't want to trust this guy either. Give me a reason to not trust this guy. Like, because he seems icky and weird so so tell me what's going on like because that seems like what Maeve would say i mean not like that obviously there would be a lot more darlings peppered into that's her dialogue. interesting i like that because you could imagine Maeve saying i've got you trying to kill all of humanity and yeah. sirak's got a button that could blow my neck up you know like erase yeah, me yeah. at any point or stop me. Yeah. And then Delor we could see Dolores have to react as a character. Oh, okay. The situation I'm putting her in now is one is like this. And maybe, I don't know, maybe when we look back, we'll see that Dolores wasn't really trying to win those fights. Uh, yeah, she did get thrown around a lot. Yeah. Um, and, but again, that doesn't make up, for the Maeve part, but I will have to say this. I'm very, I was very happy that it was her and Caleb walking off at the end. Yeah. Because I think that the Dolores character, if she is now gone, I mean, I know she's in, she's in Charlotte and she's in a couple other <laughs> right. pearls, right. at least two of others that we know of. Uh, three, you know, um, well, they're all out there. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy that Maeve is the one that kind of walks on because I've always felt that the Dolores character works up into a point yeah. and Maeve is the character that has the depth, the humor that can really step up and be the hero of the story. Yeah. Um, May, uh, Dolores to me has always been a little the stoic, you know, a little kind of cardboardish to me. And I think that's purposeful in the way she's played, you know, as she's developed Yeah, from the, Oh dear, you know, but, uh, so that made me happy. I was happy in the, I was happy where Maeve ended up and I kind of laughed off a bit of it because even she did at the end, you know, she's yeah. even pulling out the old lines, you know, this is the new world. You can be whoever the fuck you want. 
and it's all falling apart around them. I kind of love that. It reminded me of the final shot of Caleb and Maeve reminded me of the final shot of Fight Club. Yeah. Yes. When when the two guys were looking at the city exploding and they also had semi-humorous dialogue while they were watching it and the camera sort of pans out on on them from from their backs. And it was the same sort of shot of Maeve and Caleb too. So I was sort of reminded of Fight Club in yeah. in that shot and sort of tonally it also reminded me of fight club um i agree with you i won i'm 100 percent on board with where caleb ended up where mave ended up i'm stoked for season four to to pick up with where wh- what caleb and mave are doing are they doing stuff together are they now a team are they doing things individually i'm i'm completely on board um and Thandie Newton is an incredible actress and, you know, she could read the dictionary and I would tune in to watch yes, it. I love her. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited. And hey, can I interject? Yeah. Depending on how long Bernard has been under dust like that, yeah. which might be hundreds of, I mean, you don't even know, right? It right. could, it could, could be a couple, you know, I mean, it takes a while for dust like that to collect. Um, and the time that you know it's going to take to make the next season, they might even switch up characters again. Because I the th- the question I had about Caleb was when Dolores kept on telling him that he's the leader, he's the leader. We know this was her manipulation. Was that to was his really only thing as leader to have Rehoboam erase itself? Because once he did that. What's he going to go and like start and, you know, be a new Ben Franklin and Thomas, Je- <laughs> like, he, you know, I, I, I almost felt that his story, I would almost be happy if that was his story. And it that's ends an there. Interesting. That's a really interesting point. And I hadn't thought about it until you just said that, but I agree with you. I get, I mean, on its face, I agree with it. If, if that's the arc of Caleb and if, if that's the end of the arc for Caleb, I would be completely satisfied with that as well. So really then under that scenario, we would just pick up with Maeve doing stuff with either um, on her own or maybe teaming up. Well, um, Clementine is still out, like her allies are still out there. And also um, the Dolores infused hosts are still out there as well. So, so there's lots of other characters that Maeve could interact with. And so Caleb's storyline could in effect be over. Um, I thought I can't say, I can't continue to say enough about, Aaron Paul's performance, Thandi Newton's performance, and particularly Evan Rachel Wood's performance last night. Um, Some of it was hokey, if you think about it from like an intellectual, logical point of view. But from a purely emotional point of view, all three of their performances just completely overwhelmed me last night in the best possible way. And I just have to say this. If this really was the swan song for Dolores, then they gave Evan Rachel Wood the a fantastic platform for us to say goodbye to her last night. Um, from the opening um, dialogue, monologue, where I thought she was talking to Caleb, 
and but then by the end you realize the whole time she was talking to yeah. Maeve. Um, that's what made me cry, and I feel like I'm going to start tearing up again right now just thinking about it. Like that's what made me so emotional at the end of the episode was thinking back to the beginning of the episode with her monologue and thinking, "Oh my God, she was talking to Maeve that's the whole the, time." Yeah, that's the, that's the stuff, and being able to. I mean, we love Lost. That's what Lost was able to do, which was yeah. to take these narrative puzzles and it infuse the emotion. So yeah. it's not just an aha. It's like an aha that hits you also in the heart and the gut and the stomach and the brain at the same time. Yeah. And that was one that did it. Uh, that's why I like the Bernard stuff. I liked when they made the through line connections to the whole show because it's to me Westworld, even though the seasons are so different, the themes have always remained and they did hold true. I'm, I, I don't dispute that either. I love the fact that they destroyed the entire world in a season. I have to hand it to them. I yeah. love that shit. I mean, I love when fight club came out, I had read that book. I, one of the things that I loved about it is that, the bad guys win, like the world gets destroyed. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? You walk out of the theater, the yeah. Pixies are playing. Yeah. And I, I mean, so when I saw it, I mean, I saw it like five times in the theater. I think my friend Thaxon and I saw it three times together. W people would just be like, what the fuck? Just right. wait, aren't they going to like, isn't yeah. somebody going to save everyone at the end? No, no, they're all fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> I kind of love that. And yeah. so I'm super, I don't want to not appreciate that this show went from us starting with a guy riding a train and we're like, where the fuck did that train come from? To the entire outside world being destroyed by a host. And yes. I think that that's super cool. And I do think that they quote unquote earn that with this story. And you're right. The Dolores seeing how, what she was able to accomplish this season, the emotions that they brought back with bringing back the aw shucks Dolores. And yeah. that was the purest version you could see in that scene when she's standing by that tree the way she's talking, moving, looking at Maeve, that it's like the only time she was free the whole season, that that was really, that was the perfect embodiment of the human, like the conscious Dolores. Yeah. The, well, you know, the why it, all the things that got thrown into it and all her experiences, cause she emoted, but she was stoic. Yeah. It was really great. Well, the homework assignment I'll give myself when I re-binge season three of Westworld is how clever were the writers all season long about shading Dolores' dialogue as to whether she wanted to destroy humanity or save humanity yes. or save humanity by destroying humanity. Yeah. Like, I feel like once we go back and rewatch it, we're going to realize that the that the dialogue they gave her has been shaded the entire season. True. I mean, up from the very first scene with Jerry in his house, where she gets the funds to do this. And she says in this episode to Caleb, like you need money to take down money. And 
she's controlling the Rico app. She's manipulating Rehoboam. She's she, what she was able to accomplish in the way that they did it was pretty cool. And the way that she just had to keep on going, like every time we saw her, right. She was yeah. never just chilling. She was like, it was a, there was a reason to be doing it. She was checking off the boxes. And, uh, I think back to how she spoke to Caleb when they were going to meet Solomon in the last episode and how obtuse she was being. Yeah. And that does fit into place. So you're right. See, as we talk about it, we don't know. We, Oh, you know, as you kind of, it's like therapy, you work out and you kind of realize it excites you. And then you find the ways that it did work within, uh, kind of the negativity of the initial reaction, because there was that for me, but I still, like you said, I mean, by the end of the episode, I felt like it was five minutes long. Yeah. It was flying. I was loving it. Um, it was very cool. But um, I did think that the flashbacks with Caleb, you knew he wasn't going to rape those girls, right? Yes. I of mean, <laughs> yes. When yes. they cut away from it and she kind of said, like, you make choices and you come to think, oh, crap. And he's saying, I'm a killer. That's why she chose me. Oh, man. Maybe he did. But no, I, the whole, I was like, no, no way. That's, they've not shown him to be this type of person. Um, you know, uh, so I thought that that was cool too, the way it always comes back to the perfect memory that the hosts have. Yeah. That she, there's no question. You're not like, how would she remember? Oh, she's a host. (laughs) like right right. she remembers every that when she thinks about it it happened again so that was kind of cool well even in the moment i thought the plotting was quote-unquote convenient of the flashback of of um of, of of park five and their um and their meeting in park five in that memory like the intellectual part of me was um was annoyed by how convenient that was. But once again, Aaron Paul and Evan Rachel Wood's performance got me over the hump and got me to the finish line because they played the moment with such conviction that even if it was like too convenient, um, they sold the moment for me and they sold the connection to me. And it, it made sense to me that Dolores would use that as an impetus to latch onto this character, um, to help her achieve her goals. And isn't it sad that in all the experiences Dolores has had as a host in her 35 years of existence, cause she says she's 35, right? Yeah. That's the nicest dude she ever met. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even Arnold, who ended up making her kill him, right? Like, yeah. that's the nicest dude. Just because the dude didn't want to rape robots, he gets to take down the entire world. Now, of course, there's <laughs> other stuff involved, right? Like, I'm sure right. she investigated and ran through all yeah. the permeations of all the humans she had interactions with. Um, but I thought that was kind of a sad statement and it echoed in a way, all of the bad news that Rehoboam was always giving everybody, right? Like it's yeah. all bad news, people like the future. Guess what? Bad news, cool cars, 
robots, but also really bad news. Um, well, not fun. And and Evan Rachel Wood also had to. Uh, there was. A, really interesting shading to her performance all season because you and I've wondered all season long, like is, I mean, how much of Wyatt is still in there, how much yeah. of Wyatt is controlling her choices. So she had to perform her role in a way that kept you wondering, is this Wyatt? Is this, um, the, the rancher's daughter, like who's making these choices and to, to keep you off kilter so that the reveal at the end that I was told a lie, but at the end of the day, I choose to see the beauty in the world so that that reveal can be super powerful. You had to keep the audience guessing the entire season so that that moment could be powerful. And that is Dolores, right? Like she, in a way she came back to being herself. Yeah. She, you know, and it's yeah. like, it's like they've said many times, you know, that's your original programming. She kind of settled back into it and this, and made the, you know, part of the plan was her own sacrifice. And yeah. that makes sense too, to why she made all these other pearls herself. Yeah. Um, at the well, moment I'm- that she knew she was going to make that sacrifice, she was replaceable. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm a big believer in, like, something that always hits me right to my core is when a character realizes that something is a lie, but then chooses to believe the lie anyway. That's very Mm -hmm. powerful to me. And that, in essence, is what she was saying last night, is she went on a journey from believing the lie to recognizing the lie and being angry that she was lied to. And then by the end of her character arc, she was like, you know what? I know it's a lie, but I choose to believe the lie anyway. Um, That's, that's powerful. It is. And it's also, there's a correlation there to the lie being her own consciousness and her being a lie of a human being. Yeah. Right. Yeah, to believe right. the lie is to believe herself. It's a, uh, uh, you know, it's the the yin and the yang type of stuff. Oh, but I did want to say something which I forgot before when we were talking about um, uh, what's his name, uh, good old uh, uh, Breaking Bad guy <laughs> Caleb, right. um, which is remember in those flashes I had said that you see him shooting other American soldiers. Yeah, that was that world. So they had, I do, you caught on to that, Ken, because you kept on saying there's something else that we're seeing that we're not putting together. Right, right. So that I like, again, I I want it because I want to concentrate on some of the things I did like. I liked that, that it wasn't just, oh, he saw Dolores. It was like the motherfucker was literally at Westworld, you know? They could do, they could go back and we could see a flashback where he's hanging out with Stubbs. You know, this is, I think it's kind of cool where all of a sudden Arnold walks by while, you know, or uh, not Arnold, Bernard, it would be Bernard at that time where Bernard walks by. Um, That, that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, And, and again, bringing it back to Westworld itself. What do you think? Do you have any ideas of, what Bernard was doing 
in the sublime. And there's a theory that had come. I had listen. I can't remember. I think it might have been. Um, I want to give a shout out to Violent Delights. That's a great podcast that I've been listening to along uh, the, our journey here. And I think they said, could it be possible that that's not Bernard? Because he, in a sense, could become then a conduit for anyone that's inside there. And that even that device that he's carrying, any host who he puts that on, he could basically send them there and they could then, you know, somehow swap with someone else that's inside there. Um, well, the key is inside him. And then, so then the thing that he wore oh, on good his point. head. Good point. Yeah. So not everyone has the key in, in them. He's the only one who has the key because Dolores gave it to him without his, his, his knowledge, right. um, his direct knowledge. So, um, which I believe so then, you too, that was another thing that you had early on said. And so then when, when he put on the thing from the briefcase, it allowed him to access the right. thing that's been in his head this entire season. Um, the thing that interested me the most was the look on his face when he put the thing on and then he was looking at the bright light. He had this look on his face that looked like a smile, but it looked like ecstasy, like a big smile. Yeah. Not like he's having an orgasm, not like that, but <laughs> but just like he was super happy. And I was interested why he had that facial expression. Um, and then he was gone. And then he conked out. So, um, And when so he that, came back, he looked pretty just straight-faced. He did. Um, plus, well, and, and he was probably thinking – why am I covered in dust? Um, but you know well, what you but, were saying? It could be that it's not him though. That still holds up. Cause if, if the mind can, if the program or his Pearl control has that key, yeah. it, it's the physical it's in that thing. It could be a different conscious that jumps back into his mind. That's true. That is true. And then the other thing is we don't know how much time passes for him Versus how much time passed for his body. Ah, that's very true. You're right. I like, wonder how that would work because would it be set up as a, like time runs the same? Why, how, why would they even do that? They would probably maybe no concept of time while they're in there. Could right? He could have been in there hundreds of years, but only, or, you know, a couple of years on the outside. Or it could be the reverse. He could yeah. be in there for a day, right. and then yeah. in the and, and then in the outside world, he's gone for like fifty years. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if it has anything to do with Maeve's daughter. If it has to do with that final plan that Dolores says, because I think that is a clue when she says to Maeve, because it's very reassuring that she yeah. wanted. To bring those, I, I'm saying that correctly. That's the way I heard it. That she wanted to bring those hosts into this real world, and o- almost kind of clean it out first for them, right? Like a like a safety burn and fires or whatever, right? Like they burn yeah. out the shrub so it doesn't spread. So they, she want or more like more like the opening credits where it's like you know the sun, and I guess she was in the end. The thing flying too close to the sun, was that her or does that end up being Charlotte? I don't know. All right. I'm, I'm getting off topic. But um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, – I don't even remember what I was saying. I confused myself, Ken. 
<laughs> no, you're saying that um, about bringing them all back, right? Like, right? Is yeah. that what Bernard's doing? Is he that? Is he have to enact that plan now? And now it's safe time. That's why he's back. Oh, that's really interesting. I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right. I mean, that's a definite possibility for sure. That's a possibility. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that. But but then what? What did he need to do in order to help that to happen? Like, so then that would be the question. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And what has Charlotte been up to? I'm yeah. excited for next season. Me too. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I think we covered a lot of it. I think we covered most. I I, I feel like we covered all, like right. I think yeah. we covered all of it. Um, I thought that the show in general. And especially last night has never looked better than season four. Um, I thought it was a beautiful send off. If it was a send off for the character of Dolores, I thought there were great emotional acting moments, character beat moments. Um, and I even, I don't mind where everything ended up. Um, I guess I just was frustrated by some of the execution and some of the specifics of like how they got there. Um, but not enough to like not want to watch the show anymore or, I mean, nothing like that really just like momentary frustration. And when you're watching genre storytelling, whether you're reading it or you're watching it or you're hearing it, um, that's part of the deal folks. Like from my, in my opinion, that's part of the deal when you're, a lover of genre storytelling, whether it's science fiction, fantasy, whatever, crime, mystery. Sometimes, um, uh, sometimes the the details can get muddled. <laughs> but but what you hope for is ultimately that you have an emotional experience to the story. Uh, despite the details and how muddled they may or may not be. Um, and that's how I've always um, approached genre storytelling is, is it emotionally satisfying to me? Um, and last night's episode was very emotionally satisfying. So, so that's for me, the best note to end on is that I was brought to tears and I smiled and I laughed and I had a definite, powerful emotional experience last night. And that's really, at the end of the day, all I can ask for. Yes. Yeah. This is a great show. They Hey, look, they take their shots. And again, amazing to go through this whole season, see the plan. And then looking back, I think I'd enjoy a rewatch, yeah. knowing what I know now, maybe more so than on the initial watch. That may have to do with also the analyzing it as we do and tend to do, though we do that even if we weren't doing it on a podcast. Yes. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed the season. There was just yeah. – it didn't quite gel in yeah. some of the ways. And when it doesn't gel, <clears throat> they have to stretch it in other ways. But I do think they were able to accomplish the emotions that you're talking about. And Caleb yeah. was a great new addition uh, Sorak in the end was not who we thought he was, but that was okay because that was part of who he was. Yeah. That he was just a facade. Yes. Uh, so in general, the best part 
is talking to you, Ken. That's what I have to say. That's oh. always the best. The po- dealing with other people, you know, talking to people about the show, being on the other pods, being here with you and the community too. That's what people forget, especially in times like this. You remember yeah. that the reason why you like something like this, especially a show like Westworld is it keeps you talking, it keeps you guessing, and you like to hear what other people have to say and you get to share it with them. So it's really about like that community and, you know, cause people have had various reactions to this episode and I could imagine people listening even to the podcast might be like, oh, those guys hated season three. No, we didn't. We actually really enjoyed it. It was a lot yeah. of fun. Just didn't quite gel in the ways that. I think as satisfying to me as seasons one and two, and especially because I felt season two was such a leap forward in the complexity they were able to pull off. And you didn't generally see that on TV. So I think there was a purposeful step back from it and they got to counterbalance that and we'll see what they do in season four. Hopefully, you know, when this all blows over, they can get into production, but it may be, you know, two, three years until we see it. Well, I, I think that at the end of the day, we're going to look back and realize even more so than I feel like, I feel like right now that the show continually, even through this season, which I think people will see as problematic or be conflicted about it. But even with that, they never ever stop asking big questions about identity, about free will, yeah. about choice, about um, what is it to be a human. Um, these are big questions that they've asked from the pilot to last night's season three finale. They're continuing to ask these really big questions about about what it is to be alive and what it is to be a human and and what sort of personal power do you have during your lifetime um so and and so that's one of the things that continually i mean i may not like the way that they frame the questions or i may not like the narrative structure in which these care these questions are asked like sometimes that that sometimes the architecture can be frustrating um, but the question, but the thing that they're doing has always been provocative to me and super interesting. And even last night, the whole idea of like destroying humanity to save humanity, that in and of itself is so provocative, so interesting. So Westworld continues to ask really big questions. Um, and I'm on board for season four, where I assume they'll continue to ask really big questions. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, it's like, it made me think of, you know, a lot of people, when they talk about a few, like a utopian future, they talk about kind of Star Trek, right? Like all of humanity is embraced and then we get to travel to the stars. But then you forget that part of the story of Star Trek is that the entire planet is like annihilated and there's just one guy who invents the warp drive. Right. That was right. one of the movies. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, hey, look, Westworld did that too, right? And I, it takes balls, chutzpah, as they say. And uh, it was pretty cool. And they got the emotional stuff. And then it just makes me think of that Bernard scene, how that connects to what he's doing, the connection yeah. of making these hosts real. And that too, over the three seasons, no one can deny that as you're watching the show, 
even though you know that certain characters are hosts, they are just as real as the other characters and you care about them and you're just as worried when Stubbs gets shot, even though you know he's a robot, right? Right. As you are with the other people. And that that takes that dedication uh, of character and acting and the whole production. So, all right, let's wrap it up there. Any final words? Just that it's always a pleasure talking with you. I look forward to chatting in the future about other stuff, uh, but it's been so great uh, doing this eight-week journey with you, and um, I can't imagine doing it with anyone else, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been it's been a I, – I would say it's been a very good season of television um, that I've thoroughly enjoyed, but mainly I've enjoyed – talking to you yeah buddy yeah and hey if you if everyone out there like listen to us don't forget we did all of veronica mars that was a blast and of course you'll be back ken everyone should subscribe to daily dvr so uh and if we come back and talk about westworld again we'll put it on the westworld feed we did uh podcast winterfell as well but we'll be back talking soon enough and i will be back with jenny and brett and justin on wednesday and then gina tim and andy will take us out for the season on westworld so if anyone has any feedback send it to dvr podcast at gmail.com we already got some emails that they'll be talking about on that show thank you for listening thank you for subscribing we hope everyone out there is staying safe and we'll talk to you next time peace out Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.